Welcome, Legends, to the Hubcast, your central hub for everything Apex. A podcast by fans, for fans. Tips and tricks, deep dives, and everything you need to know from your first drop to that last head pop. What's up, Legends, and welcome back to the Apex Legends Hubcast. I am your host, Nick, and here with me, as always, is... It's Nate. It's Nick and Nate, Nick and Nate. It's always great with Nick and Nate. Nick I and feel Nate. Like... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, everybody, before the Jumpmaster drops us in, let's get a little housekeeping out of the way. Make sure to go to at Apex Legends cast on Twitter or at TX3 Productions or ThreadX3 Productions on YouTube. You can also do Apex Legends hubcast at gmail.com which by the way a lot of you seem to use so thank you for that we definitely have some reader mail that's going to be at the end of the show so please please keep up the positivity keep up uh contacting us we're loving it we love hearing from you guys so thank you so much to everybody who has so far and we also want to say thank you guys uh this show so far has completely passed our expectations of what we expected out Absolutely. of this and that's all thanks to you i mean you guys seem to be really enjoying the content that we're putting out and it's honestly just making us want to commit and making us want to just keep on going it's 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 unprecedented. I mean, and all we can really say is just thank you guys so much for listening to us try and do our best to be professional. <laughs> we do our best. I did my best. I did my best. Anyways, so thank you guys so much. Keep up the love. And don't forget about the giveaway. At the end of the month, we're going to be giving away $25 to a first prize winner. And a second runner-up will be getting $10. So make sure to like and retweet every time you see one of our episodes getting tweeted out. Make sure to like and retweet. And so far, a lot of you guys have been doing that as well. So we really appreciate the free advertising. That's supposed to be a joke. Laugh. <laughs> Otherwise, I look like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Are you happy now? <laughs> Anyways, so thank you guys so much. And heading on into the show, we have a care package incoming. All right, a uh, light news week, but that's okay because we have a lot to get to. First up, we have Ninja takes home the first Apex Legends Challenge Champion. Wow, Twitch, could you have been more convoluted? Ninja takes home <laughs> the first Apex Legends Challenge Championship. There's like, there's a whole nother slew of things there. I don't know. They're like Twitch prime and like i don't know they had a bunch of words but basically the the challenge is what it's called so that's the confusing part the apex legends challenge ninja takes it home by a single point a single point so if you didn't know how they were doing it basically one kill got you one point and a win got you five points and so after everything he wins by a single point so that was like neck and neck i want to say dr disrespect was pretty close behind right uh, yes, I do believe so. Yeah, and the funny thing is that uh, during the last game, Ninja actually experienced a game-breaking glitch. Yeah, so like we're probably going to see on the show, uh, Dextro, which I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. So at some point, I'll get an actual. <laughs> it's Dextero, <laughs> like a tarot but card. I don't, 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> but um, Dextro has a great breakdown uh, in their article about the the tournament, and so apparently uh, he had some issues with a game breaking bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had this glitch where he found himself uh, basically the only way to escape was by death. Oh wow! <laughs> so, um, it, it says here on the article as he attempted to dive under an overhanging mountain. Uh, and then just suddenly found himself caught in midair. He was able to move backwards and forwards as well as performing other actions like changing weapon and using abilities, but he couldn't fully escape, left oh, hanging man. above the ground. Um, it seems... <laughs> That's what these tests are for! <laughs> <laughs> it seems like this was a reproducible glitch, the article says. Uh, as Ninja's teammate Kobe, Dizzy Meadows, explained that he had too been caught in a similar situation more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, with this bug, though, he was stranded for several minutes. I mean, it wasn't like he was in and out. Um, he was only able to escape the glitch after the ring had closed in and killed him, basically. Um, now, Dizzy was on hand to collect a ninja's banner, and after an Im- immensely clutch 1v3 to stay alive himself, delivered ninja to a respawn point, which... Nice. This leads them to that victory by one single point, mm-hmm. winning the tournament. God dang. Like, out of all the ways to win a tournament, that has to be, like, the most, like, clutch way to do it. Because oh, yeah. you got you got an OG, like, ninja out there. Like, and you're like, oh, ninja's gone. Nobody has a chance. But nope. Turns out there are other people out there who could play games. Sorry, there's a little yeah. resentment there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> And as far as news, um, there's obviously some updates, I think, that went on, but we kind of covered updates in our last episode, so we're going to go right into our topic of the week. Which our topic of the week could also technically have been a news item, but I felt like it was a big enough item that we could just go ahead and make it the topic of the week and that is we have some people you know those computer peoples they go out there with their computer skills and they go into the code you know like they go into the matrix and they're just looking at like things you know dropping down they're like oh i could see somebody's eating a sandwich but instead this time they found that there might be hover bikes and at the point at this point in time only the devs can activate them so it's like a dev code or something but we we might be seeing the testing grounds of hover bikes so first off we'll have nate what do you think about this? I'm curious to see how this is going to play out as far as actual gameplay mechanics. Because mm-hmm. when you say hover bikes, the first thing that pops into my mind is something akin to the pikes in Destiny, at least mm-hmm. in Destiny mm-hmm. 1. Mm-hmm. I didn't use them in Destiny 2 a whole lot, but um, having these specific um, traversal vehicles just on on parts of the map that you can use to maybe as an advantage if they have weapons on them or it could be a good way to kind of get across the map mm-hmm. a la the shopping carts in Fortnite. Right, right. And I feel like so far all the things that they've put into um, Fortnite, for instance, and it's I hate to always compare it to Fortnite, but, you know, obviously we're going to compare it to the king, previous king. Um, but, yeah, the shopping carts was a good first step because it was really just like hey here's this dorky thing that we can do and then they put in the um what the golf cart you know and then they put in Mm -hmm. the airplanes the airplane i feel like was super op and obviously you could start doing actual damage and so i feel like as a first 
go around they're probably doing the right thing by having like a hover bike that doesn't have weapons because you don't want somebody whining complaining online that oh well i would have won if that damn bike didn't have guns on it so i feel like their first go around it probably is a good idea to go ahead and have something without weapons because this really should just be a different way to get around the map a little bit faster the real question is and i'll, I'll give my opinion first but the real question is do we need hover bikes with the traversal that we already have with the downhill sliding with the redeploys? Do we really need hover bikes? And I'm kind of leaning towards a no. I mean, it sounds like a really cool novel idea, but I don't feel like the map is big enough for a vehicle. Um, I, I that's just my personal opinion. I don't know if hover, but and it really depends on well, how much faster than running are they? You know, if they're double the speed, I feel like I can get around the map pretty easily without or with just sprinting. Now, I do agree with you in a sense of that the map isn't big enough, but more in particular, I don't think it's that. I think it's that the map is. The landscape of the map is a lot different than Fortnite, for example. So with Fortnite, you have a lot of just open terrain, true. open kind of Very field. True. There's some hills and things like that, you know, but it makes it kind of easier for traversal. With Apex Legends and Kings Canyon, um, you've got a lot of like hill regions, or yes. I'm sorry, mountain regions, and you have the terrain is more for walking. It's not necessarily kind of designed for vehicles. True. So now you are hitting on a point with the redeploy of there kind of makes having vehicles pointless because you exactly. can get to a specific different point. So I think that this could be something like we talked about last episode with Titans. This probably is going to be more likely of, of a thing, but this could be a limited mode event mm -hmm. type thing. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what the actual use for it's going to be. Right. And another thing to kind of keep in mind is the fact that uh, there's already been rumors of three other maps one that's more of an urban area, one that's more of a, I think, a jungle area. And I think and then I, I can't remember the other one, but there's already been rumored another three maps. So maybe this hover bike has more to do with like the urban area, because I could see that, you know, if, if the entire map is made up of like a tilted towers type of map, it's just a big city. I think I could see something along the lines because that feels like it fits more even though there's humvees and tanks littered all over the place like okay 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 respawn do me a favor do me a very very quick favor i mean a weekend a, a weekend favor okay can you just damage all the freaking vehicles seeing this freaking tank that is pristine and it looks like it just came off the factory line just pisses me off that i can't get into it <laughs> So so for me, actually, that kind of leads into something. If this is a thing, like if they have that urban area and they're going to use things like hover bikes, mm -hmm. me personally, I don't think I'm going to use them simply because anytime, like in Blackout, for example, anytime mm -hmm. I have the option of getting into a vehicle, whether it's the you know uh, truck or the uh, ATV or anything like that, mm -hmm. the first thing that pops into my head is Sniper City. Like I yeah. have that genuine fear of I'm going to be on this vehicle and someone somewhere is going to snipe me off of it. And so I'm just right. like, you know what? I'm just going to walk. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to walk and sneak around. Yeah. And I feel like as far as vehicles are concerned, not only does it put a big like target on your back, but a hover bike, for instance, kind of makes me feel like, okay, 
how many seats are available on the hover bike because a hover bike is kind of like okay there was an interview that's that was with one of the respawn people and they talked about how they had double jump or even triple jump and wall running in the game but what they found is that that meant a lot more people breaking off and doing their own thing and so with the hover bike unless all three people can get on the hover bike for me that just feels like another way for some guy to go rambo off by himself because hey i got the bike see you fuckers later yeah see i think that it's going to be something along the lines of maybe like a hovercraft mm. in the sense of okay. a vehicle maybe. for all three because that i mean if they do that that wouldn't make any kind of sense for the game that they're making exactly so if there are hover vehicles in there it's got to be something like a hovercraft in the sense of all three people can get on there it has to be because yeah it just doesn't even if you make a bike where somebody can be driving and somebody can ride bitch it still doesn't make sense to 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 have that in the game because it's like okay bye guys <laughs> i'll catch up later don't worry about me because <laughs> i don't know about you but i never want to ride bitch yeah nobody wants to ride bitch i mean the only good thing about riding bitch in uh blackout is the fact that you can also shoot that's right. really the only uh, pro to it pro yeah thank you <laughs> so i mean i don't know i'm not a hundred percent on the idea however we did do a poll and we got a whopping 13 votes. <laughs> I think we whopping. need a, whopping. Yes. I think we need a little bit slightly bigger. I would have liked to have gone into like the double digits or, or I mean, not double, uh, triple digits, but oh, well, so 13 votes. Um, hover bikes was the main question. I said, bring it or no, thanks. We have 77% said, bring it. And 23% said no thanks. So are you still on the bring it side or are you more on the no thanks side? Me personally, I am in the middle just mm. in the sense of I have to see how they work. If yeah. they are a there singular you thing. You middle of the road. Don't want to ruffle any flathers. <laughs> I'm a centrist, damn it. No. <laughs> no. Um, it, it, we'll just have to see how it works. If it's something along the lines of a pike like in destiny mm -hmm. where i pikes i'm almost pot it's been years since i played destiny one um that it's a singular thing like you were the only one that's writing it or is mm -hmm. it going to be something like an atv in blackout where mm -hmm. two people are writing it or is it going to be a large large enough craft that all three people can ride in it yeah i mean even if they have the ability to like grab onto it it's like all right i'm holding on to it you can go now you know, because I mean, like uh, the uh, transport truck where the guys can just get in the back and they can freely move around and get off if they want to. Something like that would make sense. But I'm going to have to go on the no thanks side because, yeah, I just I don't see this as a good thing. We're going to talk a little bit more in coaching champions. We're going to talk a little bit more about my thoughts on staying together. And, you know, I. I'm very much a component of staying together. And this just seems like a good excuse to leave people behind if you're that dick or to go off on your own. It'll be more of a temptation. Even if you're not normally the type of person who goes off on their own, it might just be an extra temptation to go off on your own. And that's just not the game that is, you know, Apex Legends. All right. So, I mean, that's our thoughts and 13 other people's thoughts on the hover bike. What, where did you land? You can let us know at Apex Legends cast on Twitter. Up next, we're going to have our deep dive.
All right, on this week's deep dive, we are going to be taking a look at Gibraltar. He's going to be the second legend that you're going to pick on the list, and he's got a lot of very interesting abilities. So this character is definitely going to be for the more tank-oriented player. You know, he's going to be a character very akin to a titan, like in Destiny, Destiny 2. Um, so the, his abilities range from several different things. His passive ability is going to be his gun shield. And this ability is a little bit more kind of obvious as far as his passive. It was something that kind of caught me off guard when I played a couple rounds uh, as him. So basically when you're aiming down sights uh, with Gibraltar, you're going to launch his gun shield, which is the you know shield that he carries on his arm that he will beat the hell out of people with as well. Those are some fun animations. Um, now this is passive, but you're going to use it pretty often. So anytime you aim down sights, you're going to have this shield basically that's going to be guarding you from some kind of incoming gunfire. Um, it makes a good option for sniping with Gibraltar. Uh, you can take a shot and be protected from your enemy's initial attempt to retaliate. Um, now, while the exact health of the shield is unknown, uh, there is a visual indicator on your screen when it is enabled. So uh, you take damage to the shield, you'll notice the bars start to dwindle down, and once you've taken too much damage, the shield's going to break and you will need to wait for it to recharge before it becomes usable again. So that's going to be the passive ability with Gibraltar. It's a very, uh, very useful ability that he has in the sense of the, the passive. Now for Gibraltar's tactical ability, it's going to be his Dome of Protection. Now with the Dome of Protection, it's going to be a shield that he's going to drop down and you can block attacks for about 15 seconds. Think of this like the drop shield in Halo 3, Halo Reach, you know, any of the uh, previous Halo entries. That's pretty much how it's going to work. Um, you can also think of it if you're more of an Overwatch player in more modern sense. You can think of it like uh, Winston's shield. Uh, you can plop it down and it blocks all incoming damage for 15 seconds. Now with this, it's a great defensive ability. Uh, but remember that you can't shoot outside of it. So this is something that I personally was coming into a lot. Uh, I think either me or Nick were playing as Gibraltar and <laughs> we dropped it right in front of an enemy and I was trying to just completely blast the enemy and realize that the shield was blocking it. So make sure that you're aware of that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't use it in a way to damage your enemies. Uh, you can run in and out of firing while retreating back in, you know, to block incoming fire. So you can dive out, take some shots, jump back in and, you know, be able to recharge your shields if you need to. Now, one thing to note about this is that your enemies can use it for protection as well. So even if you drop it down, if you and your squad have to evacuate for whatever reason, they can come in and they can be protected by it as well. Now for his ultimate ability, that's going to be the defensive bombardment. Now with this, you're calling in a concentrated mortar strike on a marked position. So think of it very similar to in Call of Duty, either a Predator in the sense of, you know, it's dropping in a singular location. You're not controlling it, but you're basically just indicating with the waypoint where it's going to drop. Now, the bombardment does last quite a bit of time. So if you can keep your enemies cornered to that specific area, they're going to be taking a lot of damage. This can be a very useful tactic in terms of if you need to block off your opposing squad in this one area, just drop that down and it's going to deal massive amounts of damage. Now that we've gone over all of his abilities, we're going to talk about some ways that you can use Gibraltar to the best of his abilities. One thing to keep in mind is his gun shield. His gun shield isn't exactly a riot shield. Instead, it's kind of like a Captain America shield. If you're standing up, your feet are still going to be very exposed. If you're crouching, they're going to be a lot less exposed. So if you're aiming down sights, a really good thing 
thing to keep in mind is go ahead and crouch because it'll cover a lot more of your body. Now, also something to keep in mind is you're going to have some trade-offs there. You could either stand and kind of have your full mobility in the sense of, you know, while you're aiming down sights, but you're a target for snipers or anybody with a DMR that's going to take out your legs. You can crouch, like Nick was saying, but you're going to have much more limited mobility, so you got to make sure that if you're going to drop down into a position where you can start giving opposing fire that you're not going to leave yourself vulnerable uh, to be able to dodge and weave if you need to. Another thing to keep in mind is the shield is blue and it stands out. If you're in a close quarters fight, this is probably okay because they already know that you're there. But if you just happen to be looking through your scope because you want to see if there's somebody in the distance, you have to keep in mind that you're basically putting a blue circle out for everybody to see. So if you're looking across to the next group of buildings and you don't want to be seen from over there, you might want to go ahead and turn it off. Now, on the PlayStation and the Xbox, you press down in order to deactivate the shield you can deactivate it and reactivate it at any time now something else you can do to give you a further advantage using that gun shield is play much more aggressively so if you're playing as gibraltar run something like an smg or like a shotgun and just basically have that much more close quarters fight running in using the shield and just taking out people with the peacekeeper i mean that's going to give you a powerhouse advantage kind of over any other squad that you're going to be facing then when it comes to the dome of protection the main thing that Nate stated is you have to keep in mind it protects you from bullets in both directions. So remember, you cannot shoot out of it. You have to get out of it. But this can also be really good for if there's a big open field and you want to get to another piece of cover because you really want to stick to cover in this game. Obviously, that's just a general idea. But let's say you're on one side of the field. And on the other side of the field is another rock that you can get behind. Somebody's bearing down on you. Well, have you or whoever Gibraltar is, have them run out, look up at an angle and deploy their shield. This will give you a little bit more distance on where you're throwing the shield. And then hopefully you can get at least halfway to whatever cover you're trying to get to. And you can have a basically a nice little respite from all the fire. Now, another thing that you can use this shield for is for any kind of escape. So if you need to make a quick escape and you're maybe not near a redeploy, um, throw the shield down towards an enemy or throw the shield down where any incoming fire is coming from, and it's going to give you a good area of protection while you run away to kind of uh, you know recollect yourself. Also in that same line of thought, you can use it for protection with you and your squad if you're in a kind of a danger-close situation. So if you had to just kind of spur of the moment, drop your ultimate down, uh, the bombardment, and it's close to you, Drop the Dome of Protection if you have it refreshed, and uh, it's going to save you from any kind of damage that that bombardment's going to cause to you or your squad. Another maybe obvious thing to do is to throw it down when you have somebody to revive. This is good because it gives you 15 seconds to revive somebody, and that's obviously not how long it takes, but... Keep in mind that that doesn't mean that people can't walk into the shield and interrupt your revive. So you really have to use it strategically. You really have to keep in mind how long is it going to take you to revive that person? Is it better to throw that shield down and revive the person 
or to hopefully take out the person who is close by. Now we can talk about the ultimate. It's a little on the slow side. So it will do damage to your enemies. It will not do damage to your teammates. So on that end, you're going to be uh, good there as far as the Dome of Protection. But the best use of the ultimate is going to be for zoning out enemies um, and kind of keeping them condensed to one area, kind of like we talked about yeah, earlier. Area of denial. Good. That's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Made it, made it up myself. Nobody else on the internet good, has ever good. used that. Ultimately, if you're the type of player that looks for kind of general team protection as well as the ability to be that powerhouse in the squad, Gibraltar is going to be the legend for you. What are some items to keep your eye out for if you're Gibraltar? Well, stocks are going to be your best friend. If you can get a stock for every weapon that you have, that means you're going to be able to move around while aiming down sights faster. And so keep your eye out for some stocks. Gibraltar is not a sniper. Gibraltar is in your face, and so is his personality. So that's been a good look at the Legend Gibraltar and some really good ways that you can use him to your advantage on the battlefield. So that's it for our deep dive. Let's go right into coaching champions. All right. So in coaching champions, this is our tips and tricks. This is something that you can write into and give us some tips and tricks to talk about. Uh, you can go to at apex legends cast on Twitter or Apex Legends Hubcast at gmail.com to email us where a few of you did. So thank you for that. Just like Julian did. Hey guys, just listened to the preview and really looking forward to the Hubcast. One thing that I'd like to, or one thing that I'd really like to explore is how to take full advantage of the slide movement during a gunfight. It's obvious that the slides helps getting from point A to point B, but I'm talking about those run slide jump 180 degree spin moves you see from some other players. I'm curious, it's one more thing to think about in battle versus strafing, aiming, reloading, etc. So it's worth trying to master a slide move. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to the Hubcast. Um, thank you, Julian. And that's actually a really good point. Um, I like I like turning on the badass. You know, it's a switch that I had to turn on. You know, I have it under some glass, and it has a key to unlock it. But I like turning on the badass every once in a while and, like, breaching somewhere. So you breach it. You do that slide. You look around the corner. Pop, 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 pop. And then you probably die. But every once in a while, you might actually get a kill. The sliding is something they show you how to do in the training, but it's something I really didn't take advantage of until a few matches in. It's actually Definitely. kind of something that I forgot was an ability to do. And so I was used to just you know, running around. And then I think we were in a firefight, me and you, and we were trying to get into this culvert. And so I was running and I was like, wait, let me just slide. And I slid right down in and was able to just traverse a lot easier. And I was like, oh, this is something that is going to give you an advantage if you can mm -hmm. master how to use it yeah. now something that i've tried um because i know like in black ops 4 and 3 in particular the bunny hopping it pissed a lot of people off but it was a tactic that mm -hmm. a lot of people used you really can't do that in this game i've tried not several as well times. yes you can't really do it as well so really mastering the actual slide itself it's kind of similar to like race tactical 
race mm-hmm. tactical. You turn it on, and if you're in the middle of a firefight, you can you can get the edge by just running around and flanking them. Now, with this, if you're in the middle of a firefight, for example, just slide out of the way, kind of recompose, and then jump back into the firefight. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't speak to the you know 180 degree spins and things like that because yeah, right. I'm not that I'm not that great of a player in terms of doing that. Like no scoping was never my thing in OG COD days. So that is something that I'll have to practice and train on to kind of give me that more break glass, badass advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely something to take note of and something I think a lot of people are starting to, but maybe your most casual players aren't really taking advantage of yet. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you're just moving faster. That makes you harder to hit. Uh, one thing I'd like is that if you slide into somebody, if it like staggers them, you know, that would be a really cool thing because like back in the day, there's this game called Brink and there was this really cool feature where if you slid into somebody, it kind of knocked them over. I don't think if we, I don't think we need the same thing, but just another little tool in our toolbox would be if we slid into somebody, it kind of staggers them. So maybe if they're aiming down sights, it makes them go out of sights and it kind of like shakes their screen or something like that. It would be a really cool feature because I mean, if you think about it, somebody slides into you, you're not just going to be like, you know, OG and just, you know, it's going to throw you off your kilter. And so if they could add something like that, I feel like it would be just a little bit more of immersion into it. Everybody let's take, notice on how deep of a cut that was that nick just brought up (laughs) i haven't thought about brink in years talk about one of the biggest disappointments in gaming hey ever it was good (laughs) i liked it no listen i was super excited about brink when it came out i was so looking forward to it and my mom got it for me as a gift when she came back from a trip i played three hours of it and i was like i hate this i don't like this at all yeah and I think about a lot of the traversal kind of stuff is present in Titanfall and, and games like it that try to do I think parkour. It, I, I th- right. I think it did a lot to show people what you can do. But as far as the general game itself, there was a lot of issues with it. But yeah, yeah. no, that is issues something that we'll have to. Awesome. Well, whatever. That is something we'll have to test out and see if that's actually is the case. Mm. Um, now, I, I know cool. that. I, if they I don't have they, it, they need to add it. That's That's my point. Now. Kind of going into that, one thing that I will say, it's a it's a tip that I've kind of discovered within the first few bit of the game that is could it's cool to use, but also can be kind of detrimental to your team in a sense of if you are running and you use the melee when you get close to a door, you'll straight kick the door in. <laughs> so for me, I love doing it just because it's so cool. But whenever we were playing, it was me, you and Razor. Was that right? Yep. When it was me, you, and Razor, I kept doing it. And he goes, can someone please stop kicking the doors in? It's scaring the (laughs) out of me. (laughs) But that's something you can do. I didn't know until uh, playing a couple matches uh, and just like running in, kicking the door. And it kind of makes you feel a lot like a badass, especially if there's a squad that's in that building. So you're basically just doing an aggressive breach. One thing I definitely wanted to talk about, this could have been in like, you know, topic of the week, but you know, hover bike. So why does the number of kills matter over being strategic? Um, now me and Nate have not been able to play f- with each other for a while. So I've been having to go in with a couple of randos and my God, so many people are trying to be ninja 
so many people are trying to be dizzy or they're trying to be Dr. Disrespect or whatever. They're trying to be these OG motherfuckers and they're trying to go in there and just wreck shit. And it's like, you're not them. I mean, it's good if you can be them. Good for you. But at the same, team, at the same time, this is not solos. This is not this is not blackout this isn't fortnite whatever like you're not going at this alone the whole point of this game the whole reason the ping system even exists is so that you can be strategic so you can communicate and i really feel like when i go in and i'm with a group that is so keen on getting all the kills in the world those are usually the people i actually end up losing with so it's like good for you you got four kills but you also kind of killed us because or i I got killed um there's this one group and it was just it's okay to play aggressive but you have to know when to play aggressive there's this one group that i was with and it was really annoying because we had mics we were talking to each other but nine times out of ten they were in a completely different part like they were like 200 yards away so if a firefight did happen i was screwed because i was the only person so i really feel like communication and sticking together is key in this game and i really want everybody to kind of i don't know if you have to retrain yourself because like fortnite with your solos and blackout with your solos have really trained people to be you know kd people it's like my kill death ratio is like way up there or my kills are way up there it's like but that doesn't matter if you end up losing right right and it's a mindset that i've had a lot of the times like in call of duty with kill confirmed Mm -hmm. Like I've been, especially in Call of Duty, I've been a big KD, you know, statistic person. Like I always want to make sure I'm at least positive just because when I started playing, I wasn't super fantastic. So after years of playing, I've gotten a lot better. But Kill Confirmed in particular is a game mode where I don't care about my KD. My objective is to make sure our team wins. So if that means me running into the middle of a firefight to grab the tags that are in the middle of me uh, and my team and the enemies, and it means me getting killed, I'm going to do it because that means we get those points. So game modes like that, I don't care about my KD. And this game in particular is something like that. Like you were saying, it's okay to be aggressive, but you got to make sure your entire team is aggressive because if you are the aggressor and are Mm -hmm. going for the kills and you're just leaving your team behind, your team's going to lose. I feel like most of the time, the only only matches, and I've been having a lot of Rambo randos, so it really kind of pisses me off because like we'll be diving and they'll be like breaking off to go to a completely new area and i'm like you know this this isn't the game for that i really don't feel like this is the game for that because the ones that i either get to the top you know three or win are the ones that they're using their ping system they're using some type of communication they're sticking together if they want to go to a new area they let me know i want to go to a new area But there's so many times where I'll be looting and because I'm looking down at a weapon and seeing, you know, oh, do I want this? Do I want that? I'll look up and they're 200 yards away. How is that helpful? You know, if you get into a firefight, how much more likely are you going to be to win if I'm there? I'm not saying I'm the best player in the entire world. I am not. And I'm totally willing to admit that. Although three guns are better than one. So why go off on your own? It doesn't make any sense. That's why I feel like communication is one of the main key factors of winning. I like, I just played a match. Somebody got on the mic just to say I'm trash. It's like, okay, that's the wrong way to communicate. (laughs) Like you could have been on your mic the entire time, but the only time you got on your mic was to tell me I'm trash. First off, fuck 
you. I went down twice. One was because I got an engagement, which, by the way, you were completely on the other side of the map because you left me alone. I tried to regroup with you, and he had a peacekeeper in purple armor. I had a submachine gun in blue armor. So he ended up besting me. You came, you revived me, great job. And then I got downed again, but this was because I was looting crates. This could happen to anybody. I'm looting crates, a whole squad comes in and wipes us out. So how does that make me trash? So, I mean, that's just a little rant on my part because it's like you you could have been using your mic the entire time, but instead you're like, hey, you're trash, kid. You're trash, kid. Which... Being 31 and having somebody tell me that I'm trash kid, and I'm like, you know what? You're a kid. (laughs) You're the squeaker, not me. Yeah, I'm not a squeaker. You are. And then another key is stay together. I cannot count the amount of time. Like, I almost don't want to play the game unless I'm playing with Nate. But the problem is we have conflicting schedules. He's down in Texas. I'm in Boise, Idaho. So it's like we we have certain times where we just playing can't play together but i almost don't want to play without at least knowing what other one other person because the fact that so many people just go off on their own from the very get-go we were talking about it on the last episode and actually the first episode as well it's like this game was made for team play it's it's ingrained into even the way you dive into the map you're diving as a unit you're going together and to see people go off and do their own things. It's like, good luck. <laughs> good freaking luck. Because I I just don't know why I would put my life on the line for somebody who's not willing to do the same for me. Why would I be willing to do that? Even if I'm lifeline, I can throw up my shield and revive you two times faster. I'm still putting myself in danger to help you out when you are so inwardly focused. And that's not cool. That's not cool at all. So, I mean, the last match I played, you know, the one that I was trashed, someone pinged, let's go over here. I said, okay. So I made sure to ping it again. And I started heading that way only to find out that we're not heading in the same direction. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if you notice that somebody happens to be trailing, maybe ping the direction that you're going. Give everybody a benefit of the doubt. Don't immediately assume that they're just trying to be a dick and be a lone wolf. Because in my instance... It was just a misunderstanding, and I happened to be on the wrong side of the mountain. So I was going towards the original ping area, but they decided to take a detour. So it's like they told me one thing, but then they started swooping off to the left, if that makes sense. So it's like I was making a beeline, they were taking the scenic route, and if I would have known that, I I wouldn't have dined. I wouldn't have been, quote, trash. Because I was just trying to do what I was told. You know, somebody told me go over here. I told them, hell yeah, let's do it. And then I get killed. Like, staying together. Communication. It's so... they These people who made this game played for months with no mics and no type of communication other than the ping system. It's there for a reason. I don't know. Just... Like I said, give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Just because somebody's off doing something doesn't mean that that's what they want to do or... You know, you have to you have to try to I'd rather somebody overly communicate than somebody who doesn't, which is me. I overly communicate heavy ammo over here. Here's the alternator. Nobody really likes the alternator. But hey, here's an alternator. Here's light ammo. Here's a helmet. I don't know if anybody has helmets. Here's armor. Here's this. Oh, my God. Like I ping at I ping on average two times a minute at least. Now, with all of this going on, you know, all this discussion about, you know, 
not being good teammates and people going for kills. I think that that's going to die down, hopefully. hopefully. And I think the reason for that is because Apex is such in the media eye right now and everybody's talking about mm -hmm. it. Ninja, Dr. Disrespect, all these great players are playing it and going for all these kills. I think that's in the zeitgeist right now. If everyone's, like you said, I got to be like Ninja. I got to be like Dr. Disrespect. I got to get all these kills. So I think give it a little bit of time and you'll start to see people actually playing the game the way it was supposed to be when you know that whole hype of we got to get all these kills dies down i think that's when we'll start to see more and more people just going team play yeah sure that's my theory at least i hope so because i want i want to play the game i really do i enjoy playing the game but it's really discouraging that i get into a match and people just start doing whatever the hell they want like it's so discouraging because i just i just want to play the game you know, I just want to have fun with it. And it's not fun dying. It's not fun having your ass handed to you. Uh, I'm once again, I'll say I'm not the greatest player out there. But when I win, when I do really good and I have a really good amount of kills, it's because I'm with a squad that's communicating or pinging, which is a form of communication. But not only that, just staying together, like w the characters that go off on their own. I almost immediately know that I'm going to die because even if I catch back up to him, it's the mentality. You know what I mean? It's the mentality of just going off without any concern of who else is in your squad. I feel like nine times out of 10, when they're going off without me, they're just naturally assuming that I'm trash and that I'm worth putting off to the side. But I can hold my own. I can do good. And leaving me behind, like, I don't know if they, they think they're leading, but you're not leading unless you're communicating. No person in the world can lead without communicating. So if you're just going off on your own, and I also feel like probably another um, reason is that they're probably in party chat. And that's great if you're with friends and you're and you're in party chat and you're having a good time, but then you're leaving somebody out of the conversation like is is talking with your friends more important than being a good team, you know, because I feel like then we end up losing and it's like, well, what was all that good for? It's like, oh, well, at least you're having fun and farting together, I guess. So this coaching champions was just another version of Nick ranting because I feel like I feel like that's all I did this entire time was I just completely ranted and raved about about our tips because our tips are stay the f together and don't be a d <laughs> I mean you're not wrong you know it's it's one of those that you know I feel like I wonder if people are going to get tired of us saying play as a team but I mean really that's what the game is about it is playing as a team mm -hmm. you know it, it's and and unfortunately like you said because of our schedules we're not able to play together as much so it kind of makes it more likely that we're going to play with randos uh -huh. which could lead to less wins you know less being the champions and things like that so it's just something to 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 think about and to you know to bring to light be like hey let's actually play as a team right right definitely now another thing that we've been seeing a lot especially in our games that we've played if neither of us are the jump master is people not dropping in the correct way people basically going straight from the ship all the way down to the specific spot that they're trying to get to. Yeah. They um, think diagonal is the best way to go. It's not right. Right. So there is actually a correct dropping order in the sense, and it's very similar to things like blackout and, you know, even Fortnite, maybe mm, more blackout to a certain extent, but yeah, definitely blackout. Cause they have the wingsuit. So the first thing obviously is to figure out where you're going to go. 
ping where you're going to go or discuss it and drop out of the ship whoever's the jump master. Now, don't just go directly diagonally. You know, basically you get to that certain point about 140 and you're dropping down. Come back up, kind of figure out still where you're going. And basically you're just going to do kind of a, I guess you could call it a zigzag, kind of a vertical zigzag. So yeah. with that, that's giving staircase. you staircase. That's giving you more elevation and getting you farther distance than going just straight diagonally. Right. I mean, basically figure out where you're going. And when you drop, you better be dropping straight down right out the beginning. So a good way to do that is like, like Nate said, ping where you're going after you ping where you're going, get your camera pointed in that direction and look straight down because when you press square, you want to be looking straight down so that you're diving straight down. And that gives you to your top speed faster. Now, this isn't just good for distance. This is also good for speed. Because let's say somebody else is going there and they're only using diagonal. They're going to get there well after you and you're going to be equipped and ready to wreck some ass. He's going the distance. He's going for For speed. You're right. You don't want to be at a disadvantage from the moment you drop into the map. You want to get in, get your equipment, get out, redeploy if you have to, and go to where you're needing to go. Uh, Another good tip. This is something I figured out. I don't know if anybody else has done this because I've seen everybody do this the same way. So you tell me, when you go up to a respawner and you're doing the beacon, what do you do? You hold down square, right? Right. Do you do anything else? You wait. Yeah, that's what more, most people do, right? So right. the point I'm trying to get to is I feel like I feel like I'm the first person who's realized this. Okay, my years of Blop Zombies has finally paid off. Now, in Blop Zombies, what you can do is you go up to a window and you start rebuilding it. Now, you could just look at the window, which is fine. I mean, good for you. You can look at a window. But what if a zombie comes up behind you? How do you do that? This is how I do it, okay? So... Hold your controller in your hand. Is everybody doing it? Good. (laughs) And now this is the Door of the Explorer segment of the show. (laughs) So you want to hold down square. Now, when you're holding down square, you can't look around because that's your right analog, right? Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is you want to take your left finger because you're not moving, right? And you want to take it over and you want to put that on your right square or your right stick. And now you can look around. Not only can you look around, but you can also ping. So if enemies start barreling down on you and you're trying to get somebody revived and you have somebody who isn't, you know, if you if there's two of you and you're trying to review revive one of your teammates obviously. One of you's not doing anything, but you need to let that person know that people are coming. So, you're looking around, you're pinging and you're 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 going. Woohoo! So, you don't have to be useless when you're trying to revive somebody is the point I am trying to get to or when you're respawning somebody. You don't have to just stare at the respawn beacon like an idiot. No, you can actually look around. So, that's something I feel like is a really good tip. If you're just looking at it, you're completely exposed. Versus, let's say you're looking at it, you look around and behind you, you see somebody coming. If you're the only person out of a three-person squad, good chances are you you don't have much time. So instead, let go of that square button, get on the opposite side where they can't see you, and you'll have that extra amount of seconds to hopefully, because maybe they didn't see you. So you have an extra couple of seconds to do it. And so looking around while you're trying to respawn somebody is a really good tactic. 
I agree. See, I haven't gone to the respawn myself a whole lot to respawn fallen teammates. I'm, for the most part, being the one that's being respawned. <laughs> so in your experience, have you seen that a lot of people just staring at the beacon? Yep. Like I said, my years of blops, zombies, has really trained me to do that. And so I don't feel like that's a normal thing. Because like even... Even if I wanted to, in Blop Zombies, you still have your weapon up. Now, this isn't true in Apex, so it's not 100% transferable. But in Zombies, I could be rebuilding and still looking around with my left uh, thumb and firing at zombies. So you're not completely helpless. But in this, you're still completely helpless as far as you don't have your gun up. But you can still be helpful as far as pointing out in enemies or repositioning yourself so you're not exposed. Okay. That's that's definitely the, the blop zombies. I mean, that's something that I have used before. I'll be honest with you. I really didn't know where you were going there for a second. So that's why I was a little bit lost on the on It was the a long and it. arduous uh, travel, but, you know, I got you there. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we finally got to the destination. Long and winding road led me to you. All right. So that's our tips and tricks of the week. Uh, honestly, I want to know how many people did I just blow their mind? They're like, oh my God, you can look and respond at the scene. I want to know because kind of proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was a reflex. You know what? When it first happened, it was really just a reflex because like I said, years of blops. I was just like, I was looking straight at it. I was the only person on my squad and I was thinking to myself, dear God, I hope nobody comes up behind me. And so that's when it was like, ding light bulb i switched my left stick over like because i'm so used to doing that in blossom i started looking around i was like oh no and i'm like huh i wonder if you can still ping turns out yep you can <laughs> well that's good so, to know that's definitely a tip definitely a tip just a tip, a tip. <laughs> i'm way too proud of myself there i'm sorry <laughs> good boy you're good boy yes i am yes i am <laughs> all right so that is our tips and tricks for the week if you want to include your tips and tricks any kind of unknown things that you think nobody knows let us know you can go to apex legends cast on twitter or apex legends hubcast at gmail.com for our email all right let's head into the last segment of the day reader mail All right. So first off, we already read Julian's during our tips and tricks, and he also gave us his gamer tag. He's on Xbox One gamer tag T O R R three Z. That's all capitalized. Uh, so I think it's Torres, Torres, but he's silly and he has the three instead of an E. Silly boy. Could be worse with double X's. <laughs> Think or two about that. All right, so first up we have Brandon. Hey, guys, my question for the podcast is, do you think acquiring crafting metals is too rare? I'm level 35 and have less than 200 crafting metals. If I want to unlock a legendary skin, I need 1,000 more to be able to do so. I get, I get you can buy loot boxes and get crafting metals, but I feel as if I would need to buy 50 plus loot boxes before I can have a thousand metals. And again, that's for one legendary skin. Do you guys think we should be able to buy a bundle of crafting materials or should they increase the crafting metals to get maybe 25 instead of 15? Um, 
So this is definitely a tactic of the loot box, which is, I feel like a general amount of people, they're really enjoying the game, but they don't like the monetization. And I can definitely understand that because in this particular person's um, situation, he's level 35. Currently, I am at level 20, just dinged level 20, and I have 800, over 800 crafting materials so i think the number one question did you spend some and maybe you didn't mean to because 200 at level 35 like you must be getting either a some really good rolls or really bad rolls because i think part of the crafting materials is based on dupes if you have a duplicate of something then you get metals instead of that thing so I think that's part of the reason. So you might be lucky in the sense that you're not getting duplicates, but then it's also unlucky in a way because you're not getting any crafting metals. So I don't know. That's, But I do agree with the fact that maybe they could increase it some way or make it more. I feel like every box you open should have metals. And in most of the cases, if I, if I open three boxes, I feel like at least two of them have metals and once again that could just be the luck of the roll for me so it really is all about luck i think yeah like you were saying at the top this is definitely a tactic for loot boxes and microtransactions and things like that so it it makes you want to you know spend more to get that legendary skin so it's not something that's totally unheard of you know it is unfortunate sense but that could be an easy fix changing it to 25 to 15 now the only thing that i could think of that would make this them not do this would be just the general microtransaction marketplace of most games mm-hmm. you know things like uh, street fighter 5 is a good example where you get they, they had their most recent thing about if you watch the advertisements in the game you'll get coins the fighter coins but you get a very insignificant amount of finer fighter coins on the opposite end being uh you have to spend like 20,000 coins to get this character or things right, like that right. so so it, it's not exactly apples to apples but um they could do that. A part of me thinks that they won't simply because that is, since it is a free to play game, right. it makes it more, oh, well, you could just spend money to get that skin that you want. But yeah. I do agree with you that you could have done something where you spent them when you didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I have maybe around 200 and I'm only like maybe level 10 probably level like 13 or something like mm. that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not level 35 and I feel like I have a decent amount of crafting metals. Right. Although me, I'm not looking for skins just yet. Like I'm still kind of in the loop of getting skins and just kind of yeah. like casually going through it. I haven't hit that point of wanting to buy skins. Um, but I mean, we'll just, we'll just see, but that could be an easy fix to increase the amount of materials you get. And like you said, Nick, maybe every apex pack, you get some kind of metals. Yeah. I mean, maybe you still get, like, three items and then just in general. Like, it would be really cool um, if you had the ability to sell certain items. So, like, if you never use it, like, Wraith. I think Wraith is a really good example. I don't use Wraith because I feel like there are other people out there. They can main Wraith and they do a really good job. So, I stay as far away from Wraith as possible because I just don't use her. So, maybe being able to sell certain items for... Uh, scrap would be really cool because like especially if you if you spent a dollar for instance on a loot box um which obviously you have to get at least five so you know what i'm trying to say but if you spend a dollar on a loot box and you get like three items for wraith it's just like oh good three items that i'm never going to use but the ability to turn those into scrap metal 
would be really cool. I feel like that could be a really easy fix to the, oh, they're greedy and they want to make us buy everything. You know, it's all about perception. You know, if they could add that in, I feel like that would be a really good um, customer focused way or customer focused. What's a better word? Consumer. Consumer focused way of just making it easier to get exactly what you want rather than, you know, the whole randomosity of everything that is loot boxes. Our last question comes from David and we had to condense it a little bit because it was a lot, which we totally appreciate, but you know, for the sake of the show, we did condense it down a little bit. So he writes, first of all, congratulations with the podcast. It's been a pleasure so far listening to you guys talking so passionate about this new and awesome game. As I only have about 15 hours of playtime, I use this podcast for tips and tricks so I can get better. I must say I already picked up quite a few things, so many thanks. Now, this is awesome to hear, and this is why we do this podcast. Hell yeah. To get to show you guys how passionate we really are about this game, and it's awesome to see a direct reaction to that being, hey, I listened to the show, and I already learned more than I did before I started playing. So that's that's great to hear, David. He also says, I hope they keep the main focus on trios for the team play aspect of the game. But would what do you think about squads with four players? Would that be too much to chaos, or would it work with some minor adjustments like less players, bigger maps, rebalanced loot, etc.? Uh, he also says, is the training mode enough to really train? And then the last point that he has is, would it also be a good idea to have the ability to bind all the shields and meds to keys? Now, to break that all down, um, as far as squads with four players, I think that's something we could see. And we mm. actually talked about this a little bit last episode. Squads with four players, we could probably see as a limited mode event Mm -hmm. um you know limited time event um and that probably would have more focus on less players to kind of regroup although it may have the same amount of players just you know there would be some sort of adjustment that they would have to do in Mm -hmm. in order to have four players also because you're basically adding another powerhouse Mm -hmm. to the team Mm -hmm. instead of three so you would have to do a lot of rebalancing there um now i don't know about a bigger map yeah Mm mm-hmm one thing that they could do if they do this in a limited time mode, they could time it with the release of a new segment of the map. True, and maybe true. that is bigger. And so you could have that kind of, you know, play with, with the four players. Now, as far as rebalanced loot, mm-hmm. um, I think he's talking about actual drops, not the actual loot you get for like, you know, apex packs and things like that. So right. yes, there would be a lot of adjustment they would have to do. Although out of everything we've talked about with the, the game, I think that four player squads is something we could see yeah. more likely out of everything else. Yeah. I feel like I see four player squads before I see singles and duos because that it, to me, it doesn't, we've said it over and over again. So it's just a broken record at this point, but singles and duos just doesn't really make that much sense. As far as what they were trying to create, they tried to create a unique look at battle Royale, not a clone of a battle Royale. So that's just my personal thing. But as far as four players, yeah, like I said, I feel like that's the first thing we might see. I mean, good, good for it. I mean, it might be cool to have like two players go left, two players go right, you know, being able to strategize that way wouldn't be too hard. It is definitely the abilities that become a problem because if you have a healer and a Gibraltar, but you also have like a pathfinder and a wraith. So not only do you have 
a really good support team, but you have a really good traversal team. And so I feel like that powerhouse right there could be a really, uh, I mean, it could be a huge detriment on any other team on, on the map. Cause not only are you able to zip around on a zip line and teleport through a teleporter, but you also have healing and a giant ass shield. It's like, Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I agree. There, there would be a lot like, like if they did solos, with four players, I think there would be a lot of work they would have mm-hmm. to do as far as, as the balancing and things like that. Um, now, the third point that he has, is the training mode enough to really train? Blanket statement answer, no. Yeah, it's a tutorial. Um, it's a tutorial. I, I think I think, and I wish that they would fix this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that necessarily needs to be fixed, but um, I would like to see something more like a battlefield mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, especially... Especially on PC, just because when you open it up, it's kind of in a browser setting where you can go through different statistics and things like that. But even on console, you can do it. They have a tab where you can go to this training area. And it's basically this kind of good size island that's got vehicles you can try. Uh um, And it's got a full firing range that's got as many weapons as you can think of Mm -hmm. to test out, kind of train your accuracy and things like that. Now, although that is very kind of, they kind of have that in that segment. Anytime you go to that training tab, you're playing the tutorial over and over again. It's not just, I'm jumping into this training area of the map to kind of focus on weapons or play around with abilities and things like that. So that's something for sure. I think we'll see added later on is an actual place where you can train abilities, train weapons. Um, But it is a little frustrating. And I ran, into this my first time playing when you know when you start the tutorial you're as lifeline and you go through that and it shows you the mechanics of how to do things well i was like okay that's cool now let me go training try training with bloodhound or try training with wraith or anything like that and anytime i jumped into it i was lifeline again and again because that's all it is is the tutorial so i personally would like to see that i think that'd be something that could be useful Mm -hmm. and i think it's something that we we definitely could see in other games that are like it whether you have Paladins is a good example, and Overwatch obviously is a good example. Both of those have an arena. They have drones or some characters standing around so you can practice not only guns, because it's not just about the guns in this game, obviously, it's also your abilities, you know, and getting used to how far can you throw Gibraltar's shield, you know, how, how, what's the distance on bloodhound's ping ability or the all father eye of the all father what's the range on that uh little things like that could really help you out and so being able to practice that you know or even just have a place to goof around with your friends that's never a bad thing and considering that fortnite added it blackout already added something similar to that i don't see that too far behind but i do hope it comes sooner rather than later now his last point is uh, would it also be a good idea to have the ability to bind all the shields and meds to keys hey what's now, this a one's key? a little so this is what i was gonna say <laughs> this one's a little this one's a little confusing to me because i'm fairly certain on pc you can already do this now because i've spent most of my time in ps4 and only a few rounds in on pc i haven't had as much experience on that side of it so mm. but i'm fairly certain that you can do this oh. you know typically when you have your PC layout is you have your WASD, which are your movement keys. What's up, then, then you also have things like, you know, shift to run, control. This is the general layout of most shooters. Mm-hmm. Control to crouch, things like that. Um, you also have like your top number number bar you know you're one two three four five six that's typically where you'll have like you press one for the pistol two for the assault rifle and and things like that Mm -hmm. so i'm almost fairly certain that you can can already bind those um but if not 
then that's something that you're for sure going to see. Um, now when it comes to controller, um, I think that that's something that's going to be very easily tran- translatable as well. You know, using the D pad in particular, mm-hmm. um, you know what I'd like to see. So to switch from your shield to a med pack, for instance, uh, we play on the PlayStation four. One thing you have to do is you have to hold down up and then you have to use your analog stick. Uh, I would like to see a quick switch. So maybe you double tap up to switch to the next mm-hmm. item mm-hmm. so that like if all you have, for instance, is a med kit and shield, instead of having to press up and then, uh, you know, once you get used to it, this this isn't a problem. But if you're if for newcomers, if you're trying to get used to it, you have to push up, then you have to remember where shield is. And well, what if you wanted the big shield, but you actually pick the little shield? So just as a way to kind of quickly swap between things, it'd be really cool. Just double tap up and now it's switched to whatever the next item is. And then you could double tap it again if that's not the item you want. Um, and then the same thing for grenades. Double tap right rather than hold it down, figure out what do I have? Oh, that's right. I have a ninja star. I have a thermite. You know, instead of having to worry about that, just double tapping to the next item would be something really cool. And that's something you are for sure going to see uh, because it's, that's not hard to do. Yeah, that that's gonna probably yes be an with update your we'll experience of coding and making a video game. It's totally not hard. <laughs> I mean, I I mean that's 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 a good response. I mean, that's completely <laughs> valid. But I mean, you. but I mean, it, I mean, if you think about it just generally, I mean, how hard is it to go from having to hold it to select it to just double tapping it to have an automatic rotation to it? Yeah, I mean, that's respawn. gonna be something that's gonna be. <laughs> That's going to be something that's a real quality of life fix. Yes, that, definitely. Because I, I have noticed that it takes me a little bit of time. You know, it, it, I've noticed that if I don't have that, if I don't have to have go through that time of having to go and like hold it, select, that's time I could be using on the battlefield getting an advantage rather right. than having to spend time trying to find my shield or my med kit. Yeah, and then there's sometimes that like I just forget what I've picked up. Because like when, when it's the first same, three same. minutes of the match, you're not really you're not really looking at what you're grabbing. So sometimes I pick up a bunch of syringes, maybe a med pack, small shield, tall shield, wide shield, short shield. Anyways. So it's like, if it's defaulted on my syringes, for instance, and I want to get to my med pack, cause I'm like, Oh, this is a lot of, do I even have it? Oh, I don't have it. Okay. I'll just stay on my, <laughs> you know, I guess I don't know where I'm going, but either way, just some way to do it would be really nice. Those were all great questions. Thank you all for writing into the show. Uh, David, it was fantastic to hear that response of, of uh, listening to the podcast gave you more tips than you had before. That's always something that we're going to love to hear. So if you guys continue to enjoy the show, continue to enjoy what we're doing here, let us know either through an email at apexlegendshubcast at gmail.com or just responding to us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we love to know your reactions and you know, give us more questions. Give us some more things to talk about. A lot of these questions that we had, it's stuff that neither me or you had thought about. So it's always great to have additional input on the show. And to everybody giving us all the love on Twitter, whether it's just you liking us and following us, we really appreciate it. And that's actually where we've gotten most of our like fan mail because we've had a couple of people like retweet the episode. And then they always say something nice, like, Hey, if you want a place to listen to uh, apex legends stuff, this is the place to go. I really like these guys. We've had a, 
a bunch of people write in that way as well. And we really, really do appreciate that because, you know, as as much as we don't want to look at any negativity, you know, seeing negativity can sometimes be hard and it just makes it so much easier when you guys give us love and you, you show us how much you like us. And I mean, we've had countless people on Twitter talk about like just, hey, really enjoying the episode. And sometimes just that little bit is so appreciative and it gets us through the day so i mean that's going to be the end of the show so make sure contact us on twitter contact us by email if you wanted to or if you like what we do here and you want to hear more of our material you can always go to threat x3 productions on youtube tx3 productions on twitter we have another podcast called nerd to the third and that one's a much more general where we're talking about movies and video games so if you like what we do here you might like nerd to the third as well so you can go check us out there that's going to be the show for today i was your host nick and i was your host nate (laughs) co-host kiss my ass kiss my ass sea bass So thank you for joining us. We'll see you in Kings Canyon, where it's going to be legend. Wait for it.